if you previously already heard this podcast, I'm your host, the Susan Anime O'Hagan, or you could call me Anime. I really don't care. And I'm going to tell you some of the things we have talked about on this podcast. So let's check it out and see all the interesting things we've talked about. I talk about movies, TV shows, books, games, Game Informer, Pinocchio, Warriors of Legend, Unauthorized Book, Nine, Firestarter, A Soft Guide to Taking It Easy, Vampire Kisses Books, Lucia Ball, The Wizard of Oz, Sejo B, The Great Battles in History, some of these are older, Zombies 3, Witches, Diana, Her Life and Legacy, Pirates, Zombies, Titanic, Tuesday, Norway, One on One, Mysterious Places, Movies, Buzz Lightyear, Melissa and Joey, Avatar The Last Airbender, The Promise, Memorial Day, Senior Year, Godzilla, Funny, Mashup, Ripley's Believe It or Not, For the Love of a Child, Anastasia, Asia and More, Mary Vincent, The J-Team, Shirley Jackson, Family Trees, Greek Mythology and Lesson, Electric Chair, The Brady Kids, The Brady Bunch, The Brady Brunch Goes to Hawaii, The Dark Side of the Brady Bunch, Growing Up Brady, The Lottery, Turner and Pooch, Night Squad, Hillsong, Almost Christmas Movie, We Have Always Lived in the Castle book, love that book, The Other Kingdom, The Warren Files, A Witch's Ball, Evil Thing, A Tell of That Deville Woman, Two Hot Take Show Review, Turning Red, Team Titans Raven, Unsolved Mysteries, Charmed, Buzzfeed Unsolved, Kids Nation, Black Widow, Fired Up, The Movie, The Good Place, St. Patrick, Chicago Tribunal Murders, Awkward, Ukraine, Ghost Whispered, The Bride He Bought Online, Archie and Katie Kane, Archie's Weird Mystery, Seven Heaven. Charlie Sturkenweather, Mummy is a Murder Chill, Abandoned Empress, Hot and Key Cleveland, Scorpion TV Series, Breakfast at Tiffany's, Different Strokes, Return to Amish and Escaping Polygamy, and we have so much more. I will be talking about movies. TV shows, books, games, money, easy time sets, and movies, TV shows, books, games, and I guess that is all of them. I hope you all enjoyed. And
hopefully you'll have a great and wonderful experience. And these will be uploaded Monday through Thursday. And welcome. I am your host, the Anime. And today we will be talking about animals from Canada. Beaver. The beaver is not only one of Canada's most magnificent creatures, but it's also the largest rodent in North America. Beavers have a distinct flat tail, powerful jaws, and a charl-shaped exterior teeth, ideal for biting through tree trunks and branches. Known for their productivity, we say busy as a beaver for a reason, and the virtual role they play in maintaining the health of freshwater ecosystem beavers have earned the monk-like nature energy engineer. Moose. Mooses are the largest member of the deer family, standing up to 1.8 meters tall from shoulder to hoof and weigh an impressive 36 to 75 kilometers. Males, called bulls, are typically larger than females and immediately recognizable by their huge antlers, which can span 1.5 meters. Mooses are extremely powerful and could travel over almost an entire, making them a widespread species. Through Canada's border force. Through Canada's border forest and the wetlands, mooses are also strong swimmers, sometimes diving several meters to feed on plants and the bottom of lakes. Polar bears. meteor, though its diet is more likely that of an armivore, plant eater. The vast variety of a giant panda's diet consists of bamboo due to an effective dissative system. They need to eat large qualities to get the nutrients they need. A giant panda can spend 14 hours a day eating and will typically eat 11 to 18 kg in one day. 99% of this bamboo, but they will also eat fish, eggs, and small animals if the opportunity arises. In the wild, giant pandas are territorial and generally solitary animals. 
thank our sponsor, Afric, 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 Afric. Sponsor, 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 sponsor. And before we go to ad breaks or sponsors, let's get a little bit of a Welcome back. I am your host, the Susan Anime O'Hagan. Or anime. Either one. And today we're still going to talk about a little bit about Halloween and the holidays. Because I promised you all. And because I promised you all, I'm not breaking that. I promised more stuff about the holidays, but I'm trying to debate if we want to talk about S-A-M-H-I-N Samhain first. Samhain is a pagan religious festival originating from an ancient Celtic supernatural tradition in modern times. I took off my glasses because they were dirty and now I can't see. Okay. In modern times, Samhain, a Celtic word pronounced Shiawin, is usually celebrated. So it's Shiawin. I would not have guessed that. 31st to November 1st to welcome in the harvest and usher in the dark half of the year. Celebrations believe that the barrier between the physical world and the spirit world break down during Shanawin, allowing more interaction between humans and decease of the other world. Dennis? I'm not sure. Ancient Shanaman. I just call it Shamanahan. I don't know how to say this. Ancient Celtics mark S-A-M-H-I-N as the most significant of the four quarterly fire festival taking place at the midpoint between the fall eclipse and the winter solstice. During this time of year, harder fires in family homes were left to burn out while the harvest was gathered. After the harvest work was completed, celebrant joined with Doran Persis to light a community fire using a wheel that would cause friction and spark flames. The wheel was considered a representation of the sun and used along with prayer. Cattle were significant and practice. Participants took a flame from the communal bonfire back to their home to relight the hearth. Early texts present Shamahan, 
Shamahai. I'm not sure how to pronounce this. As a modern celebration lasting three days and three nights, where the community was required to show themselves to local kings or chief trains. Failure to participate was believed to result in punishment from the gods, usually illness or death. There was also a military aspect to Shamanhain Shamanhain in Ireland. The holiday throne prepared for a common dare of soldiers, anyone who committed a crime or used their weapons during the celebration faced a death sentence. Some documents mention six days of drinking alcohol to excess, typically med or beer, along with glutinous fast. Shamaheim Monster because the Celtic believed that the barrier between the worlds was breachable during Shamahai. I'm not sure how to say this. They prepare offerings that were left outside villages and failed for failure of Shad. It was expected that ancestors might cross over during this time as well, and Celtics would dress as animals and monsters so that fairies would not attempt to kidnap them. Some specific monsters were associated with mythological surroundings, including a shape-shifting creature called a P-U-K-A-H that received harvest offerings from the field. The Lady Gwyneth is a headless woman dressed in white who causes night wanderers and was accompanied by a black pig. The Dalahan sometimes appears as impious creatures, sometimes headless men on horses who carry their heads, riding flamed-eyed horses. Their appearance was a death woman to anyone who encountered them. A group of hunters known as fame hosts might also hunt Shamahai and kidnap people. Similar are the Slogo, who would come from the west to enter houses and steal souls. This is a very weird story. I'm not sure how comfortable I am with it. Okay. One of the most famous Shamanhai-related stories is the adventure of Nira, in which the hero Nira encounters a Warps and fairies and enters into the other world. Uh, somehow figured into the adventure of the mythological Celtic hero Finnan Mac Chamahal when he faced the fire breathing underworld Drella Island who would burn down to the Hall of Tia. Shamahai also figure, figures into another. Thinning legend where the hero is sent to the land beneath the wave. Yeah, okay. I can't. Oh, the Christian Shamanhai. As Christian gained a foothold in pagan communities, church leaders attempt to reframe Shamanhai as a Christian celebration. The first attempt was by Pope Boniface. Boneface in the 5th century, he moved the celebration to May 13th and specified it as a 
day celebrating saints in Mars, the fire festival of October and November, however, did not end with this decree. In the ninth century, Pope moved the celebration back to the time of the fire festival, but declared it All Saints Day on November 1st, All Souls Day would follow on November 2nd. I just saw something on that with the Halloween thing. Halloween is a holiday. Celebrate each year on October 31st and Halloween 22 will occur on Monday. Yeah, that was not fun. But where was it? I saw the All Saints Day. Where was it? All Saints Day. On May 13th, AD 609, Pope. I'm not sure how to say his name without messing this up. Boniface IV decided the Pantheon in Rome in honor of all Christian and the Catholic feast of All Mare's Day was established in the Western Church. Pope George III later expanded the festival to include all saints as well as the M-A-R-T-Y-S and moved the observation from May 13th to November 1st. By the 9th century, the influence of Christianity had spread into Celtic lands, where it guardly blended with and supplanted older Celtic rites. In A.D. 1000, the church made November 2nd All Souls Day, a day to honor the dead, it's widely believed today that the church was attempting to replace the Celtic Festival of the Dead with a related church holiday. I also believe, if I'm not mistaken, yesterday and today, was Day of the Dead, which I've talked about on and off. The Day of the Dead Dia Dea Los Mortos is a holiday traditionally celebrated on November 1st and 2nd, though other days such as October 31st or November 6th may include depending on the logicality. It is widely observed in Mexico where it is largely developed and is also observed in other places especially by people of Mexican heritage. Although related to the similar Christian remembrance of Halloween, I'm not sure, it was much less Solomon tone and is portrayed as a holiday of joyful celebration rather than mourning. The multi-day holiday involves family and friends gathering to pay respects and to remember friends and family members who have died. These celebrations can be a humorous tone as celebration, remembering funny events and A-N-C, nope, A-N-E-C-D-O-T-E-S about the departed. Traditions connected with the holiday include honoring the deceased, using clovers and marigold flowers known as, okay, I can't even spell this or say this. C-E-N-P-A-Z-U-H-I-T-L 
building home altars called offenders with the favorite foods and beverage of the departed and visiting graves with these items as a gift from the deceased. The celebration is not solely focused on the dead, as it is also known to give gifts to friends such as candy sugar skulls to share tradition pandemotos with family and friends. If I said that wrong, I'm so sorry. I'm trying. My, I could barely speak some English words, and that's my main language. My Spanish is so hard. Not so great. It's I can do basic, but not like follow a long conversation. So I'm trying. And to write lighthearted and often revenant re verse in the form of mock decorated to living friends and acquaintances a literature from known as Carvos Litas in 2008 their tradition was inscribed in the representation list of intelligible cultural heritage of humanity Oh, I am trying, but this is not going well. I'm so sorry. I'm trying. Let's see if we have an ad break for today. Our sponsor. Ad break, ad break, ad break, ad break. Sponsor, 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 sponsor. And before we go to ad breaks or sponsors, let's get a little bit of a... Attended by the cast, their stunt doubles, and the munchkins. We all applaud, and then we were all allowed to walk into the dressing room and look around. And then we were dismissed for lunch. Betty Duncan, Hamilton, stand in, recalled in the making of the Ah, uh, Wizard of Oz, Garland, returned earlier than anyone else and headed to her brand new dressing room to prepare for her next scene, but it was locked. Duncan explained. She stood in the middle of the stage, and I could see tears coming in her eyes. I had never spoken to her directly before, but I asked her what was the matter, and she said, I'm locked out of my dressing room. I said, you mean you don't have the key? She said, no. And I said, who has it? And she said, I don't know. And I remember feeling sick that they hadn't entrusted the girl with the key to her first great present. 
When The Wizard of Oz debuted in theaters in 1939, Garland's performance silenced any critics who had scuffed at her casting as Dorothy over a box office darling like Shirley Temple. Following the film's reveal, release, it starts received a special Academy Award for Outstanding Performance of a Juvenile Actress, Presented by her babes in arms, co-star Mickey Rooney, Mickey and the statue looked like they were swimming. Because of the tears in my eyes, I remember Garland as she stood there before the applauding audience clutching the statue. Rooney told her, I hope you win many more of them, honey. Shockingly, it would be the only Oscar she ever won. Although she was nominated twice more for A Star is Born and Judgment at Nuremberg in 1962. In the years following The Wizard of Oz, Gardland did her best to sheet the girl next door image MGM had created at the start of her career. Babe in Arms was such a box office success, MGM made a sequel, Babes on Broadway, in 1947. The Zigville Girl, A Star is Born. Okay. We were wild over Lizzie from the first moment we laid eyes on her. Gush Garland, her here with Vincent Minnelli and their daughter. Both personally and professionally, musically, naturally, were her bread and butter and allowed Garland to show off her unparalleled pipes while also attempting to convince everyone there was more to her than Dorothy. In 1941's The Zilfil Girl, she played a talented team performing in a a V-A-U-D-E village act with her father until she discovered by Miss... by... Florence Zigfield and become one of his famed follies, although far less glitchy than the two played by Haiti and Luna. Could the mature character change the public perception of Garland? Motion Pictures Magazine, it looks... It took me six years to convince even movie people that I wasn't Primarily 12 years old, wearing my hair in pigtails, Judy Garland in 1951. Mused on the possibility as the 19-year-old was set to marry newly divorced musician David Ross. The trouble is, people still think of Judy as a little girl in a hand form and pigtails singing over the rainbow. They couldn't realize that she's a big girl now, though there's a chance they can after they see her last picture. In case audiences need any more proof, in 1942 she landed her first adult role as a small town girl with Broadway ambitions and presenting Leah Mars, which introduced Garland as a glamorous goddess with lightened hair and dressed in high fashion. Liz Mano joined her mother for a debut on the Judy Garland show in 1963. She went 
even blonder and yet remain wholesome in 1944's Meet Me in St. Louis, directed by Vince Minnelli, who went on to become her second husband, Garland and Ross split long before their second anniversary, and the father of her daughter, Liz. The film featured two classic songs, the Trolley Song and Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Oh, yeah, I know that song. Everyone does. The next year, in the comedy Zigfield Floors, she played a showgirl who longed to be both sexy and an Oscar winner with intelligence hilarious results. No amount of success, however, could help her truly escape Dorothy. For the remainder of Garland's career, fans and critics seem unable to move past her most famous character, and she continued to perform over the rainbow until her final breath. All the same, the character was like a dear old friend who helped her get through the tough times. I wanted to stay like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. Life wasn't as complicated then, Garland said in 1944, but I have a feeling that if I just looked backwards once in a while at Dorothy, if I'm offbeat in any light, I'll get back on the soundtrack again. Dorothy and I thought a lot alike when I made The Wizard of Oz. I like to think we still do. 25 years later, that connection was just as strong. Gar revealed in her finer interview in March 1969, I have always taken The Wizard of Oz seriously. You know, I believe in the idea of the rainbow and I've spent my entire life trying to get over it. Auntie M's tragic fate. The actress died seven years before Garland. Of Clara Blanket estimated 200 roles playing Dorothy. Annie M was her most famous she was so proud of her Hollywood career, it's what brought her comfort in her late years as she suffered from severe arthritis on April 15, 1962. The 85-year-old returned from church, rearranged her home decor so her favorite film memorabilia was promoted, laid out press clippings about her career, wrapping herself in a gold blanket and took an overdose of sleeping pills. I am now about to make the great adventure, Blankwood wrote in her suicide note. I cannot ensure this pain any longer. It is all over my body. Neither can I face the impaling blindness. I pray the Lord my soul to take amen and a nod to the Oz. Her ashes are interior just yards from those of Charlie's grandparents who played Uncle Henry at Forest Lawn Memorial Park in Los Angeles. Now, this is going to sound a little bit morbid. I think I understand where she was coming from. Uh, I have chronic illness. It is painful. It is like torture. And a lot of people with chronic illnesses tend to want to do that. I don't, but I know a lot of people who are like, it's too painful, I can't do it, it's causing other medical issues, and it's causing problems, and I hope 
We are going to pause for a little ad break. So, for history, I thought this would be kind of funny to do for my Patreon. So, fuck you if you don't consider it history, but I find it interesting, so, F off. Okay, so what it is, is Smackdown 20 Years and Counting, forwarded by The Undertaker. All the greatest moments of WWE's dramatic blue brand Smackdown, the most exciting matches, the wildest controversies, the celebrity appearances, the biggest shocks. Smackdown, 20 years in the making. Forward on April 22nd, 1999, my creature of the night witnessed Triple H and I battle Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock on the first main event of Smackdown. The match descended into chaos, but on that night, an external flame was ignited that can't be extinguished. For notably two decades, I have loomed over SmackDown like a shadow. Digging holes and taking souls, I give every WWE superstar something to fear. Those who challenge my region of darkness quickly learn to never summon the dead. My eyes have seen it all. These pages collect every match, every moment, every superstar who's ever dared to make history on their journey to immortality. Rest in peace. I have no idea who that says, but it says Undertaker. 1999 Smackdown aired on television screens in April 1999. A few months later, WWE's latest like ship show joined Raw to form a two cringed attack in WWE ongoing rather of WCW. Broadcast on Thursday nights in direct competition with WCW, Thunder Smackdown as an instant success. With a new set and its own distinct feel, Smackdown had the all-star power, unpredictability, and entertainment values of its Monday counterpart, Raw. The Attitude Era was in full swing, and superstars such as Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Mankind, Undertaker, were at the height of their power. Move over, the emergence of Triple H and many critical moments of the substantial McMahon-Holmes era would also play out on SmackDown. Elsewhere in WWE, March 30th, the annual SummerSlam spectacular saw Mankind defeat Stone Cold Steve Austin and Triple H in the main event, which featured Jesse Venter as the special guest referee. Tess also defeated Shane McMahon in an entering Greenwich street fight. A successful pilot. April 27th, while the official launch of SmackDown would not take place until the summer. The pilot episode weather fans' appetites. The show featured a battle of the Giants and Big Show and Tess. Plus, X-Pac and Kane retained their WWE World Tag Team Championships on the New Age Outlaw, Billy Gunman and Road Dog. The main event saw Stone Cold Steve Austin on The Rock take on and defeat Triple H and The Undertaker in a ca- but 
cup of tea thing match. Immediate controversy, August 26th, SmackDown launch episode was main event by Triple H defending his WWE Championship against The Rock. To make sure the match ran smoothly, WWE Commissioner Shane McMahon was appointed the special guest referee. The Rock appeared to have Triple H beat with the prone WWE Championship about to receive a people's elbow. However, before The Rock could deliver his signature move, Michaels attacked The Rock and hit him with his sweet chain music move, gifting Michaels former D Generation X ally the match. Introduction The Dooley Boys with a Z, not an S. I remember hearing about the Dooley Boys. The Dooley Boys, September 2nd. The Dooley Boys made their WWE, WWE debut on SmackDown, attacking Edge and Bradshaw during a tag team battle. Royale. Having first made their name in ECW, the Dooley Boys would go on to Hall of Fame careers in WWE, capturing the World Tag Team Championships and record nine times. Bubba Ray and D. Van specialize in double tag team opponents. Rock and Sock keep their titles. This show featured several notable moments, including a tuxedo match between ring announcer Howard Frankel and Tony C-H-I-M-E-L, who won by stripping off Frankel's tux, and an entertaining match between X-Pac and a Recent arrival to WWE, Chris Jericho. <laughs> okay, I laugh because I've been watching Chris Jericho for a while now. Like, he is fucking everywhere. I just forgot that this was, like, the uncensored podcast, damn it. But I have to go soon. Triple H, along as I'm walking, I will hunt you down like the jackass that you are. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> That's kind of funny. <laughs> it's hilarious, actually. Stone Cold Steve Austin, September 16th, 1999. Triple H, as long as I'm walking. <laughs> I love Stone Cold Steve Austin. He is awesome. And it's so funny. My stepbrother was named after him. Buried Alive by an Unholy Alliance. September 9th. The World Tag Team Champions pitted The Rock and Mankind against Undertaker and the Big Show. The Big Show. He had a TV show called The Big Show. The climax of this brutal no disqualification match featured a shocking twist when Triple H intervened. I don't know, Triple H, when he still wrestled. I don't know if he wrestles anymore. Like, I think he does on occasion, but he's like more behind the scenes manager type thing now. I don't really know how old he is, so it makes sense, because sometimes your body can't take it anymore after years of doing it. It's a normal thing. The climax of the, okay, do-do-do-do-do. Attacked mankind from behind, threw him into an empty grave, and buried him alive. The title thus went to the unholy alliance of Undertaker and The Big Show. September 9th, mankind tried to hold off Big Show with his sock puppet, Mr. Socko. Mankind is so funny. Okay. BRB. 
Okay, and we're back. And I'm trying not to be super hyper. It is not working. Stone Cold Steve Austin, September 16, 1999. Stone Cold Interview, September 6, rejecting Stone Cold Steve Austin's challenge for a title opportunity. Triple H picked WWE Championship. Both he and McMahon to face him for the W. Both he and the WWE verse were expecting an easy win, but Triple H did not take into account the chairman's fighting spirit. To say nothing of a certain Stone Cold Steve Austin, as part of their ongoing rivalry, Austin rushed to the ring and hit Triple H with a Stone Cold Stunner, making Mr. McMahon the most unlikely of champions. 1999. Triple H beats the odds. The Outlaws triumph. September 23rd, Mr. McMahon was out for revenge on Triple H for threatening his family. He pitted Triple H against all of his opponents in the upcoming six-pack match, challenge match at Unforgiven. On the same night, to make Triple H's task tougher, he had to take each of them on in their Specialist match. At least Triple H was spared a casket match. When Undertaker refused to participate, Triple H lost to Big Show in a choke slam challenge, but he beat Kane in an no inferno, no inferno, in an inferno match. That's what it says. Sorry. Okay, where did I leave off? Inverno match with Undertaker's interference, as well as Mankind in a boiler room brawl before facing The Rock in a Birmingham bullet rope match. Guest referred the British Bulldog attack The Rock, helped Triple H to win. The unlikely tag team of The Rock and Mankind looked on in shock as Rag Dog presented his new tag team partner, Billy Gunn. Reuniting three-time champions, the New Age Outlaws. The Rock and Sock connection were no match for the New Age Outlaws, who won this holy contest match when Gunn hit Mankind with his four-razor move. The New Age Outlaws were tag team champions for the future time. September 23rd, Kane and Triple H galloped aim the flames during their Inferno match, part of the Galleon Challenge shut for the game by Mr. McMahon. Dang, wrestling was hardcore back in the day. September 3rd, team have been associated with as many leader legendary matches as Edge and Kristen and the Hardy Boys. Their rivals began when a Terry Russell's international tag team match on this SmackDown edit with both teams competing for 
$1,000 and the chance to be manager by Terry. Although this match was won by Edge and Christian, the best of five tournaments would culminate in the Hardy Boys winning Terry's managerial services. Services. Following an epic match at No Mercy in October, The Rock was supposed to be acting as special guest referee in Triple H's main event match against the British Bulldog. Instead, The Rock battered both superstars. The Rock was supposed to be... Oh, uh, be acting a special guest really refer, ref, referee. Wow. Fuck me. And Triple H's main event match against the British Bulldog. Instead of the rock battered both superstars. Triple H finally made it back to the locker room, expecting to see his manager chime. Instead, he was ambushed by Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> okay, I don't know why, but I love Stone Cold. He is just so cool. And I don't think I could... Uh, he's just so cool. Who launched a brutal attack on him as a force for their upcoming championship made at No Mercy. Okay, The Rock takes expansion to mankind's bundling, if well-met, interference, which nearly cost The Rock victory against Bella Vance. Big Show burst out The Rock launch in October 7th. Big Show is in control in his match with Big Boss Man until his opponent began using his nightstick. Big Boss Man then attempt to handcuff Big Show to the rope in order to apply further punishment. The siege size of Big Show's wrist meant that the handcuffs wouldn't fit, allowing Big Show in an impressive feat of strength to choke slam. Big Man Boss for the win. Val Vance showed he was no pushover in the ring following an entertaining and competitive main event against The Rock. The multiple-time international champion took The Rock to the limit and nearly won, following a botched interference from The Rock's tag team partner. Rock is just fucking hot. <laughs> he might be old, but he has been always hot. Just a statement. The Rock gave both of them a rock bomb to win, and the show ended with the Rock and Sock connection arguing fiercely in the center of the ring. Hey, hey, my, my, Rock and Sock will never die. Mankind, October 14th, 1999. One more time for Rock and Sock and Big Boss Man. October 14th, it was billed as the Rock and Sock connection's last hurrah. WWE's, WWE's, popular tag team set aside their differences to beat the New Age Outlaws and became WWE World Tag Team Champions for the third time. They were held when both Hardcore and Crash Holly interference to attack Billy Gunnan, allowing Mankind to make a simple pain pinfall. Mankind was dearly happy with his title, but The Rock was irritated that their impossible partnership looked set to continue. I wrote over the rock 
allegedly threw mankind autobiography in the trash would soon lead to Rock and Sock breaking up and losing their titles on Raw. Also in this edit, Big Man, Big Boss Man, Big Boss Man Stone Cold. Is that what his nickname was back in the day? That is so weird. I'm not sure who Big Boss Man is. Is it Stone Cold? I am so confused. Fuck me. Damn it. I've had such a fucking long day. I'm so tired. Also, in addition, Big Boss Man claimed an oppressive victory, defeating both Big Show and regained WWE Hardcore Champion. AI Snow in a triple threat match. This was the few further time the big boss man had won the championship. He would hold the title until January 2000, losing to a test on Raw. October 1st, big boss man claims the WWE headquarters title after coming out on top against Big Show and AI Snow. I think that is Stone Cold. He's awesome and hardcore and just really cool. Double man event decider Richards upset Jericho, Mankind, and A.I. Snow's title. Arnold, oh boy, I can't say his last name, Swartz and Swartz. I'm going to just call him Arnold Swartz because I can't pronounce it any way that wouldn't sound appropriate. I know this is on censor, but I am not saying that word because it might sound like something else. And I don't mean it like that. I have trouble saying his name. Make his presence felt. Arnold Swartz was has tournamented Triple H. Elsewhere in WWE, Triple H leaves a trail of destruction. Let's see what else. 1990, we have Kurt Angle. All time breaks in a cage. Triple H thrown Shane McMahon. So those are some more things that we will get to. Next week, I think. I have, I was debating if I want to continue, but I am enjoying SmackDown. Ronda Rousey was on SmackDown recently, and I really like her too. But I'm weird. I think I, like, I enjoy wrestling so much that I don't have favorite favorites. But, like... I start watching our swirling again right after she came on again. So help me get back into it. So I think it's just one of those situations where I like her, but I don't play favorites. I will say, wrestling's interesting. They put their bodies through heck and back. I'm not going to say the H word because I just don't fucking feel like it. Sorry. It's just not fucking happening. Damn it, I am tired. But, like... There's even Becky Lynch back in the day. Like, back in the day. This is, like, her steampunk look that's on this cover. Which is kind of interesting because, like, this Raw, the first 25 years. We'll have to do that one next. Hope y'all had a wonderful fucking day. Okay, signing off. Bye-bye. Let's see if we have an ad break for today. Our sponsor. Ad break, ad break, ad break, ad break. Sponsor, 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 sponsor. And before we go to ad breaks or sponsors, so let's get a little bit of a...
Ender Down. I hope you all enjoyed my podcast about movies, TV shows, books, and games. And I hope you all have a great and wonderful week and weekend. If you want to hear more of me, I do have other podcasts as well on ACAST, so you can check those out. And I also have a kids' podcast as well called Gummy Bears Podcast Land. That if you want to hear more of me during the weekend, you can. But I hope you all have a great, wonderful week, and I hope you all enjoy this. And I just tell you my opinion, facts about the show. Hopefully, we could agree to disagree, or you could give me your opinion. I could take it into consideration. You could take mine into consideration. And I really do enjoy doing this. You guys are my fans, and I love you, and you guys are so wonderful social butterflies. And you're so genuinely a great and wonderful butterfly gem. I hope you all have a great and wonderful sluffy day. And don't forget to check out my other stuff. I do have a YouTube channel as well, which is named... Which is named, I just... The Susanna May O'Hagan Sweetie M Uniquely Sloths. And I will give you a little bit of facts. Um, Salts only go to the bathroom once a week on the ground. That is it. Just a fun fact, a little bit about sloths that I thought you might enjoy. Okay, over and out. Bye for now. Love my uniquely gem butterflies. Fly off and enjoy. Bye for now.